listeners, welcome to the next session. An advice podcast for game masters who are seeking help with their next game session. I'm Adam Johns. I'm Alyssa Johns. Do you, you going to talk about the pause? Do, no, I'm not going to talk about the pause. We did that. No, we, we covered that. I wasn't sure if it got cut out. I, I, don't, I don't listen to the episode. We know. <laughs> <laughs> we as in me and all the listeners. Yeah. Not just me. You, and... can tell, you can tell when you're going back, oh, there's no way John's listens to any of this. Yeah. Well, you can't say that because I'm also John's. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's I'm so used. I'm so used to it. For those listeners who don't know, I I run a uh, a nonprofit, and my my business partner, who is also named Adam, uh, we often will have started referring to each other as our last names. His right. name is Adam Davis, right? And my it, name is Adam Johns. So. It's like the other day I was doing laundry, and I was like, I can't tell if this is your shirt or my shirt. And he's like, Put your initials, just put the initials <laughs> yeah. in the um on the tag. <laughs> And I didn't get it. And then he's laughing at himself because we can't I use... Thought it was, I thought it was so funny. We can't use our initials because of the same damn initial. Okay, our middle names are different, so... That's true. We could use our I'll full just be, three, three initial... I'll thing. just be Marie. I just feel like, oh, God, then I have to go by Robinson. That's yeah. Terrible. That's terrible. <laughs> yeah, I didn't name you. Um, you can call me Robbie, I guess. Robbie? That's, that's awful. That sounds so weird. It's just not my... You're not a Robbie. I'm not a Robbie. That sounds like some sort of like you're gonna you get be, like a backwards baseball cap. Yeah, like I was a, gonna say sunglasses on it. You're a baseball guy. Yeah, Robbie. Hey yo, I'm Robbie. Yeah, <laughs> hey, that's good. That's my Robbie. You can that's incorporate. My Robbie impression. You're gonna incorporate your next NPC is Robbie. Is Robbie? Oh hey hey hey. Oh my god. I guess he's just like the Fonz. Apparently, <laughs> Robbie's just just the Fonz. The Fonz, like but the more of a, the Fonz. a bro Fonz. Yeah, he's a bro Fonz. <laughs> All right. I'll take it. Yeah. I won't yeah. take it. I don't like Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's move away from Robbie. Let's here. move away from Robbie and go into next session help. Ooh, good. This is my favorite. <laughs> is it? I was actually going to ask, what's your favorite segment that we do? I think next session help is my is my favorite segment. I like all the side. You know, if there was a segment I really didn't like, I would just say we should stop doing that one. But, but, but I like all the segments. But next session help is like, I don't know, it's the bread and butter. It's the yeah. it's the meat and potatoes. The meat the and potatoes. Yeah. The meat and potatoes. Yeah. And I like me some asparagus, but the meat and potatoes, that's what I'm really there for. What's asparagus? Is that the the Ask a GM? I don't know. And the sauce is uh I think I think I think the asparagus might be my little song before the <laughs> before the the um, use that spell. Use that spell. <laughs> I was gonna say I was gonna say the sauce is the song. Oh, there you go. That's much more generous. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, you, you got to be generous with your sauces. Yeah. Sauces. Sauces. Self-saucing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Next session help. This one comes from Jake MP1. Ooh, Jake, is, he's, he's two versions before the MP3. Okay. All right. I was going <laughs> to say that maybe he is Jack EMP1. Ja- Jackie? Jackie. <laughs> well. Jack him. <laughs> Jack and Pua. <laughs> oh man, I'm sure Jake does not appreciate this. Um, Jake's Jake MP1 says pros and cons of incredibly long hair. Oh. <laughs> so, okay. Last session, I gave my players a magic comb that can change the length and color of your hair, and my player immediately turned himself into cousin It from the Adams family. Huh. Except the hair is hot pink with black polka dots. Unfortunately. The comb only works once a day, so he is stuck like that for a while, mid-dungeon crawl. I'm thinking of adding some pros and cons to this to add some humor. 
Um, I've thought of a few, but was wondering what you can come up with. So here's what, what Jake MP1 has come up with. Pros, immune to blinding effects and resistant to cold damage. I like that. Cons, uh, disadvantage on perception checks that rely on sight and vulnerable to fire damage. Why would he be immune to blinding effects? Wouldn't he, <laughs> wouldn't he be like extra susceptible to blinding? I no, guess the hair's the hair in is the in, Like completely covering your body. If there was like body. a blinding flash, you would be, you would be immune to that. Yeah. But if you were... If something like got in your eyes, or if there was like a mind affecting blind, like you already are half blind because of the because of the hair, like being any more blind than that would would be extra vulnerable. That's a good point. Aren't you already blind? Yeah. Maybe that's what they're saying that they're immune to blinding effects because they're already blind. Oh, I guess so. But cons are blind. No, you are blind. <laughs> well, cousin, it doesn't seem to have any problems getting around. I mean, we could make a lot of a lot of like arguments about what cousin it is because cousin it is probably not a person with a long hair. Like that is super unclear in the Adams family that cousin it might be a person. Yeah, I'm not sure in the lore. It, cousin it doesn't speak English. Like it's like a babble. Yeah, it's like. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like. I don't, I don't know that cousin it is a human, and therefore may may not be subject to the to the rules of what hair imposes on on them as a disadvantage. I suppose so. However, all the all the rest of these are like pretty interesting. I guess like, um, first of all, why can't they just cut off their hair? That's a good question. That's a, actually a very good question. Now here's here's a counter question to that question. Yeah. If they cut off their hair and then they try to use the magic comb again, will it work? So I would argue that your hair is always growing and that like if the magic comb didn't work because you cut the hair off, then like the magic comb should never have worked in the first place. It's not like they've never had a haircut before. Well, no, but but in this instance, they're cutting the magic hair. I guess so. But would that mean that they can never get a haircut again? They can only use the magic comb? That doesn't make any sense to me either. No, what I'm, what I'm thinking is that if, if say, I... It's, okay. You, like, revert back? It's like Rapunzel in Tangled. Yeah, if she cuts, she cuts her, hair, her hair, she loses it, its magic. If she loses the magical powers, right? Um, at least that's what's supposed to happen. Later, she's shown again with blonde hair that's really long, and I'm like, what happened? She, um, like, goes on an adventure or something and gets her hair... I don't know. It's on the TV show that I never yeah. watched, but... In any case. It's like a Justin Timberlake thing. So say I use the magic comb and I give myself a big pink gnome beard. Okay. Okay. I love this idea. Yep. Here I am, <laughs> my big pink gnome beard, and I shave it off. Okay. Um, something has happened to those particular hair follicles that now my hair won't grow on my chin. I don't know. Magic comb or otherwise. So d- my thought is that if they use, like if they shear off the magical hair, they will be have bald spots wherever they shaved. Uh... Okay, if you really wanted to prevent them from doing it. Um, I think it sounds like a fun object, and I think that, like, allowing you to just cut your hair back and then, you know, the next day change it. How I mean, You're, you're just well, going to change it however you want the next day anyway. Here's so. a question. What if, or here's a thought, what if they cut it and it just reverts back to whatever the magic comb had it at? Like before the magic, before they use the magic comb or whatever? No, like um, you use the magic comb, it's going to last for 24 hours, no matter what. So you cut it, it'll just grow back to the pink polka dot. Oh, oh, I see, I see. Okay, so the magic of the comb prevents it from 
from like it, it can still be cut it just instantly grows back to its length right, right it's like so, it's like the santa claus or whatever exactly uh where he shaves off his beard and it instantly like grows back in the mirror yeah so for example you're vulnerable to fire damage because hair can catch on fire right and like i imagine this person is trying to stop drop and roll and they can put their their out and that you can see their face finally and they're singed and then all the hair goes poof okay that's a fun see that's a fun idea so whatever you set the hair at it will it will constantly try to revert back to that to that thing for the length of the spell or whatever. Yeah, for the in this case, which for is the which day. is a, a fun idea. Also presents this idea of like, can do you now have unlimited hair? Right. Can I cut off all my hair and what and like start making cut? rope out of the yeah. cut cut purple? At pink least hair for the next twenty four hours, it'll stay there. That's a good question. Does it? stay after you cut it off you could make an argument so a lot of stuff in dungeons and dragons works this way where if it's if it is generated in some way if it's like magically created it it, you can tell it's magical and like it has a glow to it or something like that and once it's sort of detached it it like evaporates or it lasts a a short period of time and then and then sort of disappears so like magically created arrows often work this way and, and stuff like that so so what would a pro be for turning I mean, I think it's definitely adding some kind of protection to you, especially if it's like ever growing hair. I think the the protection from cold sounds like a you know a, a advantage against cold stuff, but I also think that like an increase in armor class, yeah. like even if the hair is not particularly like padded or or durable, it's not more durable than regular hair. You're harder to hit because it's harder to see where you're where you are. Yeah, what right? it, the, like they want to pierce you in the heart. They're, right, but it's like it's kind of hard to tell like did you turn to the side or whatever? Like where are the vulnerable parts on your arm? They also couldn't like, you could conceal stuff. Right. If yeah, you were yeah. cousin it, you could conceal things in your hair. Oh, sure. You know, like an advantage to stealth to conceal anything inside of your hair. Now, I think a con would be all that hair is damn heavy. Oh, if sure. If you've ever had long You're hair. Encumbered. My sister used to have hair all the way down to her butt and she has way thicker hair than I do. And she cut it up to her shoulders. And she said her head felt so light. Mm. She had a hard time getting used to how light her head felt. Yeah, that's super interesting. Uh, yeah, I could totally see that. It's it's uh, it's weighing you down. Oh, and if you have to, like, ford oh, a river. Yeah, if you get wet. Yeah, oh, oh my God. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> that's, super encumbered. Yeah, no. I could see that. I could also see, like, uh, disadvantage on anything dexterity related. And like dis- you're gonna trip on this hair, and disadvantage on um, charm or persuasion. <laughs> yeah, you, or- you are not on anything charisma based. Yes, yeah. someone's gonna look at you and go, Ugh. "Yeah, yeah, you're pretty off putting." Um, I think all of those would be fine if you want to add those mechanical bits. I also think at any point in time you could be like, you know, that doesn't make sense. Your hair is in the way. There are lots of things that you cannot do now because your hair is in the way. Now imagine using this magic comb as a weapon. Oh, you Say give, I get into melee range with someone, someone else. and I drag the comb across their arm <laughs> and they have like long oh. hair sprouts from their arm and you can wrap it around them and they're like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty fun actually, especially since it's a once a day item. So you're like really, really using it up in that instance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a cool idea. I, I, I mean, I like the idea of the magic comb just as like, uh, um, you know, I get to style my hair or whatever. Yeah, um, you know, just from the from the fun of changing how my character. Oh yeah, looks. I mean, disguise and right. all of that yeah. is, is I mean, great. Or just like yeah, today, I want to have green hair or whatever. Like now, I can change the color, or change the length, or change the style or whatever the the case may be. Especially if you can change the quality of the hair, which I assume you could, right? right. I want to have I want to have like um, frizzy hair today, or I want to have you know uh, 
really straight hair today, or I want to have. I want to see what I would look like with a big old mohawk. Yeah. Well, there you Can go. you imagine just doing it and not having to worry about all the like they put Elmer's glue in mohawks oh, yeah. and stuff? So it's, like, it's so hard to get it to stay all the way up, especially for like the really giant mohawks. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you. Could, I mean, this just sounds like a tr- like trolls, where suddenly you have long, long hair. That's true. I mean, the other argument you can make with this is, could you could you gain proficiency in your hair, like Rapunzel? Right. Like now you can use it as a whip. You can gather it together and you can use it as a whip, or you can, or, or or troll style. You know, you can grab onto stuff. You can and grab swing. onto stuff and swing or the, whatever. Like as long as you have proficient neck strength. I mean, sure. Every time I watch that movie, Rapunzel or Trolls, and I think, man, their necks must be so beefy. Right. They got muscles for days. Yeah. I mean, well, she's, they've got to carry around all that hair. It's so heavy. That's a good point. And brush it. She's got arm strength, and she uses um, a, an iron, a cast, cast iron, iron frying pan. pan. Yeah. Frying pans. Who and, like, that? they twirl it and stuff. If you've ever tried twirling a cast iron pan, I do not recommend it. Yeah, it will fall. Very, it will hurt. very heavy. <laughs> does not work. Um, well, good on you, Jake. Yeah, it's fun. I, I like, like it. this. I like I, this I item. Like good, good, good job, Jacob. Jacob one. Jacob P one. Uh, the next <laughs> question for the next session comes from Impossible Wind ninety sixty eight. Oh, this wind is not possible. It's impossible. Impossible. <laughs> for for a plain windy wind. To become a windy wind? Yeah, I don't know. Doesn't work. <laughs> um, Impossible Wind 9068 says, How to foreshadow a mimic becoming my party's ship. So, okay. my players wanted to build a ship for a homebrew pirate-themed campaign, and I had the idea of one of the planks of wood to be a mimic, and over time, the mimic would consume slash become their whole ship while they're out adventuring. How would you foreshadow the ship becoming a mimic, which the players would eventually fight or bargain with later on in the campaign? Oh, man. Befriending the ship mimic would be really, really cool. How awesome would it be if your entire pirate ship became a mimic and you can just eat other pirate ships? Um, that'd be fun. How come there's no sharks anytime we go swimming? But there's lots of like there's shark lots blood. Of blood in water. Um, so one of the things I really like this question. I think this is fantastic. That's one such of the, a cool idea. One of the things I thought of was like, um, sometimes when you're on the ship, you notice old planks of wood that are creaking, and then later you can sprinkle in that there aren't any creaking. Planks. Everything looks brand new and like, you know, that hole got repaired or, mm. or um, maybe like certain things start go missing, like certain crates of food start disappearing or um, there never seems to be any rats on the boat. Yeah. Those are, those are great. I mean, those are great little foreshadowing pieces. I think the, the, so the concept here is that the boat is going to become a mimic. So if I'm imagining for a second, like how does a mimic sort of turn into the object. I I like to imagine that the mimic creates features on the object to fit to what it thinks the object should be. Okay. So like you like you said like there was a hole, but the hole's been repaired. Um like the mimic doesn't think the boat should have holes in it. Right. The mimic, you know, eats the rats maybe, but but like some of the other qualities, like there's a bunch of sconces on the wall. You don't remember those sconces being there before. Like the mimic wants the boat to look like how it imagines a boat should look. Oh, here's a good idea. Um, 
say you have the layout of your pirate ship yeah. and you're like fighting it. And then the next time you guys fight on your pirate ship, have a slightly different layout. <laughs> if you, if, Add if rooms. You, if you've got, if you've got like a, like a map, like a map, if you've got a good map, yeah. And then to change it up. Add into, a couple of rooms. A and, oh, man, and, or like so add a captain's stateroom. And they'll right. be like, oh, I don't remember there being a captain's stateroom. And you can go, like, what? There's always been a captain's stateroom. So I also like the idea. So mimics can talk. If you're a boat mimic, um, I imagine that the boat, the boat can talk from anywhere on the boat. Ooh, yeah. So what if, what if you just start having a voice talk to one of your players? Um, and they don't know where the voice is coming from, but the voice is like encouraging them towards something, whatever the mimic's goal is. Okay. It's like literally singled out one of the players. And, and, and as a game master, you, you just sort of go like, you, you hear the strange voice. It almost sounds like it's coming from sort of all around you, um, which would totally sound like it's a voice in their head. It's a curse of some kind. Right. You know, there's a demon after them or something. They're having some sort of weird nightmare. Yeah. And then, and then you keep like having these, like the voice disappeared. Um, you're not sure. Uh, doesn't seem to be answering you anymore. And like that at the start might just be that you walked too far away from, you know, it's, it's radiating out from this one plank and you've walked too far away from the voice. Or it could be, just be that like the voice, you know, gave up and is, is not talking to you anymore. But like you could continue to add on more and more. And then finally you can have a moment where the voice speaks to the player when they're in the room with other people. And then everybody else goes, what was that voice? And the player realizes they're not, they're not, <laughs> they're not going crazy. They're not the only one who can hear this voice. It just happened to be that they were always alone. I like that. It, it The idea of that happening to the cleric and the cleric going, God, God? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> are you my conscience? <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm your conscience. We haven't spoken in a long time. <laughs> How are you? Um, no, here's an, here's an idea. Um, y- when you're piloting the ship through heavy rocks, Oh, okay. It seems to be able to avoid the avoid rocks, the rocks on, its. on its own. Oh, yeah. You try to turn the ship right, and then it like hard lefts on its own. Yeah. And you're like, what? Like the whole wheel turns yeah. <laughs> on its and own. And everyone else is like, ooh, good maneuver. Yeah. And you're like, yes. Yeah. That would be actually really cool. There was actually, um, I can't remember if it was like an Ask a GM panel or something. What? Um, or, that's our uh, panel. Just, <laughs> that's, that's, that's this. Um, or something like that. But I remember um, some some other game master talking about when you do a pirate campaign, one of the things, or ship at, at sea campaign, one of the things that you should keep in mind is that the ship should have a personality. In in uh, sailing, like your the ship is a part of the crew. The crew, the ship is like another crew member in it's, many senses. You yeah, know? it's an environment and a crew member. Yeah. In a weird way. It's sort of both things. And often like the captain, you know, knows the ship and will like pat the ship or like knows every inch and every cranny yeah, or whatever. Yeah, and has a name. Yeah, and has given the ship a name and the and the ship has a sort of personality in like, you know, she'll hold, like come on ship, you can hold together or whatever. Oh uh, yeah, like, she's creaking but right. she'll she'll make it. And, and you actually thinking about like the Millennium Falcon is like a great uh, a great analogy to this. Like it has a personality, like it's the hyperdrive is not working and like it is an object, but it's also sort of a character that exists within the world of star Wars. So like in, in the, in the concept as you're playing this, you literally have the opportunity to now give your ship a personality where it can talk to you. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's a super interesting concept for, but, for but you know, hopefully it doesn't turn into Hal. Right, sure. <laughs> That's not how the computer what is are you doing, trying Jay? to consume you. 
What are you doing? Yeah. Well, although that would be kind of I a mean, great it kind of is. To, it would be kind of a how. Yeah. But I mean, I, if it if it knows it's supposed to be a pirate ship, it would probably be a pirate voice. But I also like the concept that like there's a symbiotic relationship here. Like the ship needs to the mimic ship needs to consume other stuff, either other ships or sharks or people or whatever. Yeah, it's got to be on the move. And needs you to like help maintain the ship. And it can't and, move on its own. It's a pirate ship. It's got it needs the wind, it needs the sails. Right. Uh, and so it recognizes it needs you and can't can't just eat you. Um, but just imagine you get boarded by pirates and then the ship comes to life and starts destroying all the other pirates because it's defending you. Yeah. Which Ima- would just like, be a super cool... Staircases start turning into slides yeah. and the sconces start throwing and, and like, themselves. The, the slide goes down, the floor opens up with teeth and like just consumes the guy in the floor yeah. and then and like disappears. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like... Um, all all the stuff in the ship that can be that can come to life fighting against these people who are trying to take your ship over. And it's got to be anything that's not movable. Like there might be um, crates and barrels that like you can't move because they're part of the ship, but you just don't know it. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's actually pretty great. They're all attached. It's just that that ships have crates and barrels. Yeah. So the, the mimic <laughs> goes, "Oh, I have to have crates and barrels," and they're like, right. "Can you move that crate over there?" And he's like. I really can't. Yeah. It won't move. It's, it looks like it's attached to the floor. <laughs> it won't budge. It's like one piece of wood. I don't understand. Yeah. Um, this is really fun. It's a really fun concept. I really like the idea here. And what a great way to really plant the seeds early on and then let it go for a couple of seasons with just uh, just micro hints. Right. Micro hints. Right, right. Uh, yeah, I think, the I odd, think that. The odd perception check. Oh, you guys didn't see anything. Yeah, yeah. This this co- sort of concept of these little tiny hints leading you towards. Right. And that that's why I think this is brilliant. And I kind of wish there were more long games like this. Can I just say coming out of like the end of Halloween, this kind of thing is also really good for sort of the haunted house idea. Yeah, but what what's really great about this particular mimic setup is that it's it could take an entire year before they realize that the ship is a mimic now, you know? It Bef- could if you really wanted to play it long, yeah. Right, and then you can have it come out on Halloween if you really wanted it to be, um, I don't know, uh, timing. I, I guess I meant that it, that it just has these sort of similarities to, like, the house is alive. Feels very sort of ha- oh. Halloween-y. In, did you in ever watch sense. that Disney Channel original movie, Smart House? No, I never did. Oh. But I was a big fan of uh, the show Eureka. Which also had sort of a smart house. See, you say Eureka, and I immediately go to Eureka's castle. I know. I know. <laughs> There's no avoiding that. Um, well, thank you um, so much, yeah, impossible, impossible Wind. wind. Impossible. Maybe it's Impossible Wine to like. Uh. No. <laughs> that is an inside joke. I'm sorry, everybody. It's an inside joke. No, no it has it, to be no wind. No, it gets but me and Alyssa. <laughs> like this whole podcast is just. Dumb, dumb inside jokes between you and me. Well, you know, if you listen long enough, you might pick up on them. That's true. Maybe you are inside the joke. You, the listener? <laughs> you, the listener, yeah. Okay, because you looked right at <laughs> I'm me. looking at you, but I'm talking to the listener. Right. Shh, Alyssa, I'm talking to the listener right now. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, should I take my headphones off? No. It's, yes, you need an intimate this, moment? This is an intimate moment between me and the listener. Hey, listener. No, no, you have to go like this. Hey, listener. Hey, listener. Hey. It's just you and me 
I think you have a much better voice for that. No, <laughs> I think it's a female thing. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Well, in that case, we should take a break. Oh, yeah. That sounds like a good idea. Let's take a break. <laughs> <laughs> And we're back. We're back from our break. It was such a great break. What a break. We broke bread. <laughs> There's that that breaking. Uh, There's some breaking. Yeah. yeah that happened. I hope you had a great listener. I hope you had a great time on your break from our podcast. <laughs> Listening to our <laughs> ad. Listening to us. That's over a year old. Then also talk. Talking about Anchor. It's interesting because it's a break for us, sort of. And it's an ad break, I guess. Yeah. But, like, it's not actually a break. Like, the listener is still listening to the <laughs> to the podcast. They could stop. They I might guess be like, they could. Our, we have a long podcast. They might be like, ooh, I really needed to go pee, or I'm washing my hair, and I have to dunk my head under the water. I have to pause for a bit. Oh, yeah. good thing there's a break coming. Yeah, this podcast is unbearable. I need to waterboard myself <laughs> into the... <laughs> That's terrible. In the shower. Terrible. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so we have two more segments left, John. Oh God, two more <laughs> segments. Let's get through this. Oh my God, we'll never make it. You're, we're losing listeners by the minute. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, it's ask a GM <laughs> slash what's your ruling, and this comes to us from Atticus SPQR. Spicure. Spicure. I don't know what that stands for. It obviously means something to Atticus. Maybe. Special projects, Quaker rights. <laughs> ah, classic. <laughs> classic. Quaker rights, Ooh. special projects. Special projects, Queen's rule. Queen mm. rules. Queen rules. Like the band. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah, the band rules. Yeah. Um, Atticus SPQR says, I've started telling my players I have started an in real life timer to get them to make decisions faster. Is this, oh, can I say that? Sure. Is that okay? Yeah. It's supposed to be a safer work podcast. Can I say that? Yes. Okay. I'm, I'll, t- I'll make the executive decision to say yes. Okay, because Ad- Atticus is asking, is this ass holy? <laughs> Which is like a... This is not really a word. A holy ass? <laughs> um, anyway, is this ass holy? I've noticed that my party takes a long time to decide relative benign things. And most of the time, I let them take as much time as they want. But... Once before, and again last night, I told them simply, I started an in-real-life timer without more information. The first time it was regarding when a dungeon would fill with water. Last night, it was about how long they had to stop a ritual sacrifice from happening. I'm trying to balance the idea of playing a fantasy game in a fantasy world with a realistic idea that you shouldn't have an infinite time amount. Oops. That you shouldn't have an infinite amount of time to make decisions. Thoughts? suggestions so in real life timers yay or nay so i'm i'm okay with in real life timers for specific things and especially if it's discussed as a group i would i would encourage atticus i would encourage you to think about like is this a worthwhile conversation to have with the group and maybe just point out as the game master to say hey Sometimes you guys have long discussions about fairly benign things in the game that aren't actually going to have a huge impact 
you know, your decision making there is not going to have a huge impact on what's going to happen. Um, I am feeling like my responsibility as a game master is to move the game along. Um, I'd like to start doing a timer when you're taking too long to, to sort of represent like the world is still moving forward and you need to make a decision within this amount of time. I mean, I could see if you're going to take a long rest, like that's going to be eight hours, like give them as much time as possible. But if they're standing outside of a gate right. and they're trying to get the gate open and there's a horde of zombies coming towards them, they, they're they not going to be able to be like, hold on, zombies. Right. Let's, Let's talk for 45 minutes. Yeah. Um, I also, personally, I'm a fan of the uh, world pressure that is sort of ambiguous uh, in its timing. I actually have a really hard time with timers in my games as a game master because sometimes the timer doesn't fit to, to the needs that I have of the game. So you say something like, oh, you guys, you know, whenever you're sitting down to have a discussion or of something, you have two minutes or something like that to figure out what you want to do. But sometimes that kind of time restriction means that you also lose out on the opportunity that some they're having a really great discussion or there's a fun inside joke that came up or or all these other pieces, and it's harder to be flexible in that framework. So what I like to do is, is let's say um, my, my favorite example is the, the room, the spike room, oh, uh, the yeah. lever room. We, we sometimes call it the lever puzzle at game to grow And it's basically like you walk into a room. Uh, should I do the whole thing? I'll do the whole thing. Um, I don't know have we done we have it time. before? Okay. Um, you walk into a room. You sum up. You pull a lever. Sum up. There's no time. You no time. Sum, sum up. Um, There's a monster you, in the you, cage. You pull a lever. No, no, no. Not that one. Oh. Uh, you pull a lever, and then the door in front of you and the door behind you lock, and then spikes lower down from the ceiling, and the ceiling starts slowly lowering towards you with spikes on the ceiling. Uh, it's like the Temple of Doom, Indiana Jones kind of puzzle. And the the great thing about this is that it provides enough sort of ambiguous time pressure that you can constantly use that. So anytime the players, you know, you've got one player who's like, I don't know, could, could I use it to bend the bars? And you can be like, the spikes are getting closer to you. <laughs> they're getting closer. You're watching them slowly. They're grinding, and you can hear the gears grinding as the spikes get closer and closer to you. But, like, I haven't given you any real information. I didn't say, like, the spikes are now two feet away. The spikes are now 1.75 feet away or whatever. Like, I, I haven't given you anything specific. I'm just telling you they're getting closer as a way to remind you you are under a time pressure. Yeah. And that's that's good ambiguous time pressure. They're getting closer and closer. It's almost towards your head. Like, nah, okay, it's getting close. <laughs> I yeah, I can see ambiguous. that. I have a hard time with timers that I can visibly hear or Oh yeah, like a clicking or a, Yeah. Visibly hear. Wow. Visibly? Yeah. Uh, well I was gonna say your visibly see. <laughs> visibly see or audibly hear, I suppose. Yeah. Um like yeah, if you hear like a doot 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 yeah. Like that freaks me out, or if I see it, so like, like a sand if, timer. Yeah, have you ever done um, a time to test? Oh yeah. You know, and they have the timer in the corner. I can't do it. Like I, I perform much better if I have no idea how much time is left. Sure. Because um, yeah, yeah. I pace myself at the correct pacing. But if I see how much time is left, I agonize about what how much time is left, or how much sand is left, or I mean, do you struggle in like Pictionary and stuff like that? All too, the time. The same. Reason? You know what it is? Yeah. It's um. Oh my God! What is it? Put the pieces into the slot. Oh, make the right uh, connection. But be quick! You're racing the clock. 
Pop goes perfection. perfection yeah. Oh yeah, we're gonna get sued by an old game. Um, yeah, perfection. <laughs> but I couldn't think of the name without singing the whole jingle. You had to sing the jingle. That perfection because it would click and and the guy with that chin. Oh my god, and he had the hair. Yeah, um, perfection was this game, and you had to like race against the clock to get all the pieces in the right spots. And you know what I would do is before I would start the timer, I would lay them out perfectly how they're supposed to go so I could quickly put them in because otherwise I would freak the hell out. That's a, Do you have like this timer anxiety? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't if know. If you say I the spikes are getting closer and closer, I'll go, okay, guys, we got to move it. But if and you're I, like. I like set a timer on the table and said in five minutes you'll all be killed by spikes. Right. No, I can't. The, you know those escape rooms where there's a timer? Yeah. I can't do them. No? Oh, that's That seems like so much fun to me. I don't think I have the same level of timer anxiety, but I can picture that. Um, and actually, I think that's further why, you know, this this Game Master Atticus, why, why it's really important for you to have this discussion with your players rather than just setting a timer. Because you may have a player like Alyssa who is going to really struggle under that kind of time pressure who is really going to not have fun with that. Remember, I will, that, I will make the stupidest mistakes. But but that's not even really the problem. Because the problem isn't dumb mistakes. And I don't get the feeling, Atticus, like you're saying, like they need to make a decision and move forward and I'm going to punish them for making wrong decisions. You're just saying they're spending a long time... Um, having the discussion when there really should be a feeling of some time, some pressure, some, mm -hmm. some, you know, feeling of a need to move, fo move stuff forward. And I, I think that's okay. Um, I just think that, and, and even having a timer is okay. I just think that you want to have, make sure that that's something that everybody's comfortable with because you, Alyssa would not enjoy that. game. Yeah. If you put a clock on the, yeah, on the screen or it, something, it's not even like, maybe you'll make a dumb mistake or whatever, but that's not even really the issue because dumb mistakes are like what D and D is all about, really. So it's not it's not the mistake part. It is the lack of enjoyment. It will it will take away from your enjoyment at the table, and that's that's a big part of the game. That's a big part of what you're trying to create as a game master. Um, and there's there's just a, a worthwhile discussion to have there. the The other side of this is I wonder whether or not these players are having a great time. Well, you know, the other having a long discussion about these mundane dumb things. The other side of this actually is that this could just be an idle threat. Atticus is only saying, I've started an in real life timer. Yes. As far as I know, it could be a three minute timer, it could be a five minute timer, it could be a count up timer. Sure. Hold on. I'm just I'm just timing the length of time in which you're having this discussion. Right. I'm just counting up. I'm just counting up, like, but they don't know that, so it could be one of those like idle threat things. Yeah, I still feel like that's not. I still feel like you're better off having the discussion with the players. I wouldn't call it assholey. I wouldn't call it assholey. I agree with that. I don't think it's an assholey thing to do. I also think that it's an a, an unclear threat. They may make the table space less fun when you could do something that might not make it less fun. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. And also like if you only do it in certain situations when you're feeling the pressure to start a timer, mm. it couldn't, the inconsistency can ruin it. Mm -hmm. So it, it feels like if you are going to go the timer route, you should a talk to your players, but B make it, um, a thing that happens in the same situations all the time. Sure. Make it like, consistent. I mean, defining the space. I also, I'm okay with doing timers for 
I have like a specific puzzle or something and I want to create a timer because that's how this puzzle works. Um, I've done that before and that can be a lot of fun, especially because you can then say to the players like this puzzle is, you know, it takes five minutes. It's a five minute timer. I'm going to start a five minute timer and, and that's, you know, for the puzzle in game, you guys are all in game. The whole thing is, is real time. Like that can be okay. Now you're setting a, a stages towards a, towards a puzzle, towards a thing. You're defining the space. And I think it's the same thing, like exactly what you were talking about. Like be consistent, define the space in which a timer is necessary, mm -hmm. right? Define the space of like, this is now we are, we've hit the timer portion, <laughs> you know? Oh, you guys are having a discussion. Great. I'll start the timer. Uh, we'll just do that. You know, it's five minutes. Anytime you guys are having a discussion about a decision. Uh, oh, it sounds like we're having a discussion about a decision. Awesome. I'll start the timer. Um, and like, cool. We all know that is the moment that the timer gets started so that our discussions don't get too off the rails. Um, and once again, if everybody at the table has that agreement, they're all like, yes, our discussions will go way overboard if we don't have a timer to kind of keep us on track, then that's cool. I think that that's, that can be a great way to do that. Yeah. But it's that agreement from everybody. Agreed. Agreement. Ag uh, thanks. Thank you, Atticus SPQR. Yeah. Queen rules. <laughs> speaker. Speaker quarter. What? I was trying to figure out if it's maybe a uh, abbreviation instead of an acronym. Oh, I see. No, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so usually we would do the segment where we talk about a spell and just talk about it. Oh, yeah. Um, but in this case, we're going to use um, instead search the room. Uh, search the room. Bump, bump, bump. Search a room. What you going to do when you search the room? Is that how it goes? Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> we do it once in a once in I a know, we room. don't do it often. <laughs> don't do remember how it goes. That was good. I'll take it. Um, so this time around, um, I picked Luck Blade. Ooh, a Luck Blade. A All Luck right. Blade. I like it. A weapon, any sword, a legendary item that requires attunement. You gain a plus one bonus to attack and damage rolls made with this magic weapon. While the sword is on your person, you also gain a plus one bonus to saving throws. Luck. Um, so there's two different kinds. So you can have a luck sword or a wish wish blade or a luck blade or a wish blade. So the luck blade is if the sword is on your person, you can call on its luck, no action required, to re-roll one attack roll, ability check, or saving throw you dislike. You must use the second roll. This property can't be used again until the next dawn. Oh, sure. So it's like the luck... Uh, Spell. No, the luck ab uh, ability. Luck of right. the Irish. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> There's a luck feat. Lucky charms. There's a feat. There's a feat <laughs> called luck. Luck feat. Um, that does this basically same thing. Oh, okay. You can do it on any roll that you make where you can then re-roll it. Basically, you're taking it's a your very feet. powerful feet. Actually, basically, you're taking your feet and rubbing them all over a sword. Yeah. <laughs> if you're, uh, there's, there's, isn't there a bunny race now? Like a, uh, a what? There's a race of bunny people in D and D now. Oh, is there really? I think there is. What? Yeah. How did I not know that? Yeah, maybe I added that in. I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll look it up later. But if you had lo this luck feet, then you have bunny feet. It just reminds me you of... You have a lucky rabbit's foot. <laughs> it reminds me of Bender in Futurama, who's like, 
I'm 40% luck. Yeah. And uh, and then he keeps getting lucky items. And um, There's actually a ton of superheroes. That, not a ton. There's a few superheroes where, like, their superpower is luck. Like Domino from uh, Deadpool 2. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, She's just really lucky. She's just really lucky. And, this, and that, that, like, exists across a bunch of different comic books. There's several different sort of superheroes that have the luck superpower. And I always think that's such an interesting superpower. Or in the card game that we like to play, an unlucky superhero. Yeah, that's true. Which is pretty funny. So, Luck Blade. Uh, it's, not, it's not a bad weapon. I, I think the luck ability is actually a super cool one. I do a thing in all my games um, where I give everybody a token, and it's basically just a reroll token. Um, and in the game to grow games, there's a, there's a whole specific sort of ritual around getting these, we call them bonus tokens. Um, and they are not the same as the, um, inspiration thing built into Dungeons and Dragons because in the game to grow games, the bonus tokens can only be used on other people. Okay. So the, so the whole idea is that you, you have to use your token for someone else. You cannot do anything with it. It is worthless for yourself. Um, which is just a way to encourage people to sort of support each other's ideas as, as a big part of that. But um, you and I have, have played with per- bonus tokens in our personal games for forever as a drinking token. Yes, the drinking uh, token, which so, we've talked about. Well, we've talked about it before. So uh, just to, to give a quick overview of that, the way that it works is that you, you throw your token into sort of the bowl in the middle uh, and when you do that, everybody starts rolling their d20s like crazy. And the first one to roll a 20 uh, gets to start the round of drinking. And we have like a clapping and like a song that goes along with it. And then we have a what's called a quaff where you pass it around the table and everybody drinks from it. This was pre-COVID days um, where we were not opposed to all drinking from, from the, the same, same yeah, that would container. Not it makes now. me feel like a well, little uncomfortable now. if somebody was sick, we would have a cup at the table and they could pour it into their own cup. Yeah, that's true. Cup. Yeah. So we were at least a little bit aware. We were somewhat, somewhat conscious of that. Um, but, yeah, no. Anyway, I like the idea of re-rolls. A re-roll is great because it gives you the opportunity to feel like things could go poorly but you've got that last little thread. When it's really important, when everything is on the line, you've got that last little thread of like, of of a, of something you can pull on to make it work. Um, rabbit focus um, called the heron gone. Uh, okay. Heron gone gone tomorrow. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> Here today gone tomorrow. <laughs> and uh, Perkins said he likes to think of their creation as a happy accident. Um, and this article came out. Uh, Polygon. Um, September 8th, 2021. So there you go. Yeah, pretty, so because Lapine said um, 2017, and I was like, what? How yeah, did I not know? But makes more Herringon. sense. All right. Herringon. There you go. I should learn the lore of that Here today. Stuff, gone tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, the I, I like having that last little vestige of, of potential hope save you from disaster kind of kind of bit with the, with the luck roll. I would go more with the luck blade. Honestly. How do you mean? Well, I like the idea of it. I think that's fun. I also like the idea that like every once in a while you might be like your sword glows with a blue glow and um, suddenly the monster completely misses you and you don't know how it happened. Uh, Okay. Just make it a random... Like a random chance of luck? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The blade has some sort of 
mind of its own that only happens once in a blue moon. I could picture that if I wanted to do like a like the blade is actually aiming towards something. Like there's a destiny or something that it's like I would want that to be purposeful, not just blind luck. You would want to write it into a campaign. I'd want to write it into a campaign. I'd want I'd want it to be a you know, it's it is your blade of destiny and the blade like occasionally will sort of continue to nudge you down your path of destiny. I see. Well, what what about this? What if every time you hit with an attack using your luck blade, you roll a d um 20 and if you get you and like I, I say name a number and you're like name a 16 and then if you roll and you got the same number, if you matched it, you did double damage. Um that might be kind of cool. It might be kind of cool if you really wanted to lean into it, uh, that you have something like really truly spectacular that happens if you happen to like luck into the right thing and then it's you roll a D one hundred. Whoa. And you name a number, and if you happen to roll the same number that you name, then like this wildly ridiculous thing happens or uh you instant kill the bad guy or or you uh, maybe like opens a plane or a portal to luck, or you or you uh, uh, what was the luck potion in Harry Potter? Oh right right right, you, um, you the like, golden one. Yeah, you like now unlock an hour of of like pure luck, and now your character is untouchable. You are you are like just unbelievably lucky. You know for the exactly next hour. what to say. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, good. Every roll is a nat twenty like from from this point for the next hour. For Fe- you. Felix finish Felix something. Yeah, something like that. I like that idea. Um, and you know where this idea popped into my head from? Where is that? There's a restaurant in Phoenix. I don't know if it's still around anymore, but it was called Greek Town. Oh yeah. And the owner, like the owner, would go around to every table at night. And he would um, have you name a number one, between 1 and 100, and he would pull the number out of this big jug. And if you matched your number, he paid for your dinner. Yeah, it's um, such a cool idea. It was really fun. It was a fun, it was just like a fun thing. It yeah. was, you know, some you know, if you had a big family or a big table or something, it could have been a pretty expensive dinner. Um, but like such a cool idea. Yeah, and it, very personable. Ma- makes you keep coming back, and I'll never forget that. And that's why, I, I mean... Maybe we've been there twice. Yeah. Um. We don't live in Arizona, so like, the fact that we remember this. Oh yeah, it a lot out, of it. Right? Yeah, it sticks out in your mind. So I like that idea of the luck blade having an extra effect that is lucky. Yeah, I do like that concept. I agree that like I kind of wish. I mean, you have to have sort of less powerful items. You know, sometimes you you have bafflingly powerful items. This is such a good like minor powerful item. It's not powerful enough that you need to worry about it really breaking that game in any significant way, but it's a plus one sword. Well, it is legendary. Sure. But like, I mean, I don't actually, I actually don't think it should be. I think it should be like unique or whatever, whatever the thing is before legendary. Like I think it's a plus one sword that also gives you a plus one bonus to saving throws. That's pretty powerful. Um, And then it gives you the luck property which, you know, once a day, you can re-roll. Which is the same as the feat, except the feat gives you three. Oh. Three re-rolls per day. Which is, 
also crazy powerful. I mean, that's so much that you can do in a day, uh, depending on your campaigns. But but that could be potentially a lot of, of really important rerolls. But what's cool about this is it, you don't have to have it. You can have a great sword, a long sword, a rapier, a scimitar, or a short sword. I do like, I mean, 5th edition did that for a bunch of magic items where they basically said, like, this property can be applied to all of these things. In older editions of Dungeons and Dragons, like 3.5, where they had a real crafting system, you really could apply any kind of magical property to any item. It does say in the game that they it should sort of make sense, <gasps> but but that was totally the case in, in older games too. Oh, I lied. Why? There's more to the luck blade. Oh. Did you not did you not capture all the Well, I thought it was Luck Blade and Wish Blade. Oh. But apparently a luck blade was granted with up to three uses of the wish spell. Well, that makes sense for the legendary. Each of which could also be cast only once a day. Once all the uses were expended, the sword could no longer provide new wishes, but all its other enchantments remained. Okay, so that makes sense why it would be a legendary yeah. weapon. So if you have uh, stopped listening because I messed up the, the search <laughs> the room, fear not, I fear not, figured it, it came out. Back around. For some reason, you kept listening. Your your person who was there nudged you and said, "Hey, you should come back to listen." Or you were screaming at me. They fixed it. Yeah, because uh, like, someone said, "I got the luck blade. What should I wish for?" And I was like, "What?" Oh, yeah. Wish is my bad. Really powerful. One of the we haven't really talked about wish, have we? Um, that's a good question. I believe I use that spell. Well, you know, it might be... I've been keeping track about when we use certain letters because I'm trying not to repeat too many letters, but it's near impossible because, like, there's only one U spell, (laughs) you know? So, well, which just means I'm going to do search the room the next time there's a lot of questions that have U in the title or, or, you know. All right, that's pretty Um, You always put the spells in the titles, right? Yeah, I do. Um, but I also have been keeping track. I have like a little list. And so let's see if I've used W. We've used W twice. And we used Witch Bolts and the Well of Many Worlds. Oh, yeah. There you go. So we haven't used so, Wish yet. So we should, oh, I'll, I'll save it for when we're, we're actually going to talk about it. But there's actually a lot of interesting history and stuff in the, in the Wish spell. Um, we can dive into the next time. Yeah. Sorry, I got luck blade wrong. It's way luckier. It's it's super lucky. It's well, unless you happen to get an unlucky luck blade that already used up the spells. <gasps> That's brilliant! <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, you find it's a luck blade. You oh, found a luck blade, but its charges it. have all been used up. Or there's two. That could be a good use of the guess guess a number between one and a hundred, and yeah, then you, get a, you get a wish spell back. You get a wish spell back. Yeah. Um, yeah, because like maybe it's already got two chart. Like there's there's gems on the hilt, and two of the gems are missing, or yeah, or, or faded, faded away, or yeah, something. grayed out, yeah. or whatever. And like you get it back like a video game. Yeah. Um, that's brilliant. I want to use that now. That'd be pretty fun. Wish can be pretty pretty game breaking in a lot of ways. It really can. Um, it's not as bad in fifth edition as it has been in in some of the other editions, but but we'll talk about that when we talk about wish. Um, in the meantime, I think luck is a, I think it's a fun, luck blade, it's a fun item, with or without the wish. Yeah, if you don't have the wish, use the things we talked about. If you do yeah. have the wish, good on you. Good on you. Wait for wishes. the next episode when we talk about wish. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Um, 
Hey, I know that we've been kind of sporadic a bit lately, so thanks for sticking with us. We really, really appreciate you. Yeah, we really do have a lot of fun making this podcast. We have a lot of fun hearing from you if you uh, really enjoy the podcast, if you had a great time with it, if you found any, any of the advice useful. It really makes our day when we It when really we does. I go, Adam, so, Adam, Yeah. somebody gave us so, a review. <laughs> so feel feel free to let us know, but but uh, even just knowing that there are some people where, where they enjoy listening. Or they, or they find it useful. That means a lot to us. And, yeah, and that's enough to keep us going. It you know because we're a married couple who both have jobs and we have a kid and life is crazy. It, it can be hard to find the time to record, but when we do, we have so much fun. Yeah. And also, I have so many stickers, so keep those questions coming. And the way that you can do that, segue. Oh, nicely done. Thank you can you. go to our website. At nextsessionpodcast.com, you can submit a question. You can submit feedback. And if you do submit a question, make sure that you, um, and we answer your question on air, uh, make sure that you give us the information. I guess we reach back out. Yeah, we, I reach out via email. So make sure your email uh, sure is correct. You, make sure your email is correct so that we can reach back out because we'll, we'll get your address and we'll send you a sticker. And we're also on Instagram at Next Session Podcast. Slide into our DMs, yo. And you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at The Next Session um, where you can tweet about us or Facebook about us. Or teach me how to tweet and Facebook so you that we um, how to do get it. more people. Yeah. I'm very bad at Twitter and Facebook. If you follow us at all, you'll notice that I don't talk a lot on there. Cause we occasionally meme, though. And we do post new, Alyssa, you do post new episodes when they get posted. I try to. Yeah. I really do. The, I didn't do the last one, but I try. I try. I try. I try. I'm Adam Johns. And I'm trying. Uh, <laughs> tune in next time. We'll help you prep for your next session. Bye. Bye.